Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. I'm Trent Condon. A big weekend in college basketball coming up in the state. It starts tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Iowa State hosting Kansas State. The Cyclones received some positive news on the ankle injury to Cam Lard. Possibility he could play tomorrow against the 11-4 Wildcats. Ray McCaffrey and the Iowa Hawkeyes look to make it three in a row in the Big Ten as they host 16th ranked Ohio State. And Sunday, an in-state battle in the NBC. Drake makes their way to Cedar Falls to take on UNI. The Des Moines Register is reporting that UNI starter Miles Wensing out for the season with a torn ACL. And the divisional round of the NFL playoffs go this weekend. Kansas City hosting Indianapolis Game 1, 335 tomorrow. Tonight on 1460 KXNO, the Iowa Wild continued their road trip in Texas. And at KXNO.com, high school basketball doubleheader with Southeast Polk at Valley. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Final hour of the week. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. We are going to take a a long look at the NFL four divisional games here coming up in the next few minutes. Uh, Nick Athen will also join us. Andrew Garda at about 11.15. Uh, then Nick Athen at about 11.25 or thereabouts. Chiefs and the Colts. I saw Nick is convinced that his Chiefs are going to host a championship game next week. Convinced of it. Convinced. Are you convinced? No. Well- are you? I think they'll, I think Kansas City will win. I feel good about Kansas I, I it's funny because it is the Chiefs in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's Andy Reid mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We saw one of his uh, one of his former colleagues what happened in a tight game in the playoffs last week with Matt Nagy. Mm. And I don't know why I keep bringing it up. Maybe I, this you're is, not over this, Trent. It's, I, it's, 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 can it you left tell? The mark. It left the mark. I think here's here's one of the reasons I like the Chiefs. Because everybody's betting the Colts in the money line. Yes, they are. And when everybody's going one way, where do you go? I go the other. I think you should. Fade Everybody the should. public. You should. It's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a um, foolproof, but it's seems it's certainly seemingly, not that. <laughs> no, but it's seemingly right. Yeah. You win more often than not. Anyways, that's one of the reasons I like it. I just this Colts team. They've been in must-win mode. So are the Eagles, Colts, and the Eagles, both of them. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason they're six seeds, right? Um, but but in the fighting for their playoff lives, essentially since the calendar turned to December. Yeah, for both of them, really. So we'll be having the listeners get to make their picks for some Claxons coming up later this hour. Mm-hmm. Is there a game that you like more than others? If if I could only watch one, is that what? No, you're no, saying? no. If in terms of picking against mm-hmm. the point spread, do you have a favorite well, bet give, of the weekend? Why don't, give, why don't we put the numbers out there? Do you have them okay. in front of you? I do not. Yes, yes. Currently five and a half. The Colts getting in KC. Boy, there was if, and I know that the season has changed, right? And Kareem Hunt is a big reason for this change. But only having to give up five and a half at Arrowhead Stadium, I mean, that seemed unfathomable in October. Oh, no doubt, right? Yes, yes. 
It, it seems like, I mean, I would lay the five and a half, I think. I think that's where I will be betting tomorrow, and you know I will be betting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm leaning. All right, we're in agreement there. Okay, Rams hosting the Cowboys. What's that number? It still sits at a flat seven, and I see there's juice all over the place, you know, depending on where you're shopping, uh-huh. but we'll just call it a straight touchdown. Okay, and that- I like. I told you when we were talking to the Postons here a couple minutes ago, I like the Cowboys. Straight up. Uh, I like the Cowboys getting seven. Okay. I know you're not a believer in I'm Dallas. Not. I, I don't know what it is, Trent. I don't know what it is. Uh, the, the receiving core is depleted beyond belief. Yep. Um, I like the Rams. Okay. Opposite sides there. But you don't seem no, overly I'm not. confident. Look, I, I, won't, I won't be shocked at all if it's the Cowboys going on the road next week. Won't be shocked one little bit. Game three is where you're the most confident? No, game four. It's game four. So game three, Chargers getting four now. Uh, that number's a little tighter than I thought it would be, but this isn't the same New England team as we've seen in the past. Uh, I think that the Chargers can win this football game. Speaking of, I mean, the Chargers are, their record is spectacular. Mm-hmm. So to get a five seed, it's seemingly a little bit unfair with all those wins they put up. But they, they, they've essentially been a road team all season long. I mean, they're right. San Diego. And even when they have a air quote home game, it's not a home game. In LA. The, right. The stadium's 60% visitors. And it seats 30,000. And it seats 30,000. StubHub Stadium. Uh, I think it just changed the name. Um, but it, I think it's still StubHub to the end of the year. Not that they're going to host a game. Well, I guess they could if the, if the Colts beat the Chiefs and the Chargers pick off the... How about that? Wouldn't that be something? That there's a home game in L.A. for an AFC championship game. How improbable is that? What would the odds be on that? A five hosting a six seed? It's happened before, hasn't it? I don't think... Thinks has it? Uh, off off the top of my head, I'm going to say no because it went to six in 1991. Okay, I'll take I your word for it. I don't think a five is hosted a six. So we're talking 27 ish years. Yeah, probably you're probably right. Yeah, I would I would be surprised. So the final game is the one I feel the best about this New Orleans team. I love what Sean Payton did earlier in the week, you know, trying to motivate. Yes. I mean, if you, hey, hey, here's the thing. If you need to motivate your team when you're posting a divisional playoff game as the number one seed, and you've got the six seed coming in, a team you just crushed right. early in the regular season. But I like what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought in a bucket full of money and, the, and their uh, Lombardi trophy that they took out of the trophy case in the corporate offices or whatatever they keep it and brought it into the locker room. That's, I like it. And the team, more importantly, the team loved it. Loved it. $225,000, which mm-hmm. is a the Super Bowl win share for a player. Right. This isn't a bounty gate type a, of thing for a, motivation. This is actually good motivation. In a wheelbarrow? Is that what he brought in? In a wheelbarrow, a- yeah. In a wheelbarrow. That's great. Yes. Got to try something, right? Well, you know, the, the game Poston was talking about the uh, the 85 game, the Rams and the, and, the, uh, and the Cowboys, where Eric Dickerson went crazy. Um, Jack Buck. I, I, actually, I saw a clip of this on Twitter last night. They showed a couple of Eric Dickerson's run. I don't know who t- retweeted it, but I saw it on Twitter last night. Jack Buck actually called the game. Hank Stram was there. Uh, Dick Vermeil. It was a three-man booth. Okay. Vermeil, Stram, and, and Jack Buck. Uh, and Jack Buck was talking... The winner of this round gets a ten thousand dollar check. If you get to the next game, it's, it goes to eighteen thousand. So that was actually a talking point. Yeah. In in the in the build up to the game was how much the players are going to make, and maybe in nineteen eighty four, ten thousand right now is a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. If you're in the radio business, uh, but it, but it, I, it just struck me. 
you know, that the, the $10,000 is really life-changing money for them. A lot of these guys worked in the off-season, mm-hmm. even as recently as the mid-'80s. Well, I would guess in the mid-'80s, the minimum salary was oh, less than 100000 yep. No way it was six. Yeah. 80 maybe? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm not even sure it was that much. In the mid-'80s? I don't know. Dieter Brock was the quarterback. Remember, I keep bringing up Dieter Brock. You have no idea who he is. Dieter Brock. Ralph Brock, Dieter Brock. No. He was the Rams quarterback in that game. I remember Jim Everett. Well, of course you remember Jim Everett. You remember probably Jim Everett for the uh, Jim Rome. No. Jim Everett. <laughs> I do remember that part of it, too. Chrissy, is that what he yes, called him? Yes, yeah. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll get more into these games. Andrew Garda coming up. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Why does Nick think that the Chiefs are going to win this football game? I agree with him, by the way. I think the Chiefs will win, too. I love Andrew Luck's story. This offensive line for the Colts, they are a bunch of road graders, man. Yeah. Quentin Nelson. You know, there's a... Uh, there aren't too many guards that if you if you've got a team with uh, if you root for an NFL team that has a top 10 you're a little easier in the teens but if you're willing to use a top 10 pick on a guard most years it's like really Brandon Sharp turned our, out pretty good though well, yeah, a bunch of them did. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of them did. But It's not fun. But fans don't like it is where I'm going. They want a quarterback or a running back. You tried to tell, sell me that on the, on the Bears last year. I, no. I, no. I don't want a guard. Yeah, Quentin Nelson would have been a pretty good. But now you got a pretty good guard, as, as it turned out. Yes. Uh, who played center in uh, just a couple hours to the east of us in James Daniels. He had a pretty good rookie campaign. That he did. He really did. Well, maybe that is kind of the, the path here for the Colts, though, is... The snow that you talked about earlier. Well, we're not 100% sure that it's hitting Kansas City. But if it does, Mm -hmm. one of those games, the ball control, and suddenly the Chiefs, without Kareem Hunt, not Mm -hmm. running the football like they once did. But if it snows tonight, by 3.30 tomorrow afternoon, they'll have that place cleared out. Yes. Man, I I don't think this is supposed to last. Okay. I think this is an overnight thing and maybe first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, At least that's what I saw locally, and it's the same storm that's going... You know, the Missouri borders kind of went uh, the eye of the blizzard, if you will, uh, as we uh, flaunt our weather knowledge here. I feel like Jimmy B's back here. <laughs> He's going to be back here, next, not in studio, but we have to talk to him next week, don't you think? We'll let, let him close the door in his Des Moines career. I think that probably is fitting. I mean, I think he deserves it. Now, how much would you have had to talk tennis today if Prince was on with you? With, oh, that, with the Andy Murray news. How, how big of a... I mean, I know he would have tried with me, and I would have yeah. shot him down. Well, remember, I always control the mic, so the mic oh, would have been of shut course. off. Yes, very quickly. Yeah, no, that, that, you did have that in your favor. We'll take a time out. We'll talk more NFL conversation. Uh, Claxon's giveaway is 30 minutes away. We will ask for the first four callers in 30 minutes uh, to join us. We're going to give you the point spread on all the divisional rounds. You simply give us the winner against the spread. The tiebreaker is going to be Hawkeye and Cyclone points this weekend, tomorrow. Not the opponent. We don't care about K-State, how many they scored. Likewise with Ohio State. Iowa's going to score 75. Iowa State's going to score 75. You would give us 150 if you think that's be the combined number. That will be closest without going over, and the tiebreaker actually came into play last week, our first week of giving away $35 to the winner and $25 to the runner-up. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tales. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and 
in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Nick Athen in about 10 minutes. Uh, Chiefsblitz.com. You can follow Nick on Twitter, Chiefs Insider. Right now, Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly, USC grad. Uh, well, you know, we should get our, his take on uh, Cliff Kingsbury, right? The, the, yes. the Kingsbury era. Andrew, how fondly, what will you remember most about the era? <laughs> Uh, he didn't lose to Notre Dame or UCLA, and I think that's kind of the highest compliment I can pay him. <laughs> well done. Uh, Pro Football Weekly, that used to be Hub Arkish's publication. Is he still involved? Yeah, yeah, he's still over there. A lot of what we do is Chicago-based yeah. at this point. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's still still churning and burning over there, and uh, it's always fun to, to get a chance to chat with him. I haven't talked to him in a little while. Mike Wilkening. Probably owe him a Christmas card. There you go. Mike Wilkening was another guy I used to have on the air a lot. I don't think he's with you guys anymore, though, is he? No, I don't think he is. Gotcha. Well, let's get into these games. And uh, of the four, which one intrigues you the most, Andrew? Uh, you know, probably, uh, I almost said San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> And uh, the New England Patriots, because it's sort of like the uh, the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. I mean, it feels to me very much like this is Philip Rivers' year, that you know the, mm-hmm. the things are finally coming together, the Chargers are finally coming together, everything's going right. But, man, you just don't bet against the Patriots in Foxborough, even with banged-up receivers and a 40-million-year-old Tom Brady, you know, it, it's... This is a team that just doesn't lose at home, and so to me, I'm I'm kind of fascinated to see what the what the what the Chargers do, both offensively and defensively, uh, to kind of try and stymie uh, Tom Brady. And at the same point, you know, what does Bill Belichick have in his bag of tricks? What are they gonna you know What are they gonna do? So I think to me, that's that's going to be a really interesting game. Um, but you know, to be honest, like I, I think all four of these games are really are going to be exciting and uh, and have a lot to offer uh, viewers this weekend. I, I, last weekend was great. This weekend could actually even be better. Is, okay. <laughs> yes. In definitely for that one. Is New Orleans in your mind the runaway favorite? Is it tight? Do you like somebody even more than the Saints? How do you handicap it here with eight remaining? You know, it, it's you know, like I said, I, I kind of all in on uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers, mm-hmm. but. It, it's really hard to bet against the Saints. You know, home field advantage, uh, a team that has throughout the year shifted how they're winning a little bit. Uh, you know, once Mark Ingram came back, they ran the ball a little bit more, but we know they're capable of throwing the ball well, and, and the defense has performed pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably my my favorite. I feel like they're the most complete team. I do really like the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm always a little nervous about Dak Prescott. But the defense has played well, and Ezekiel Elliott is otherworldly. And you know you can't discount the Chiefs or the Rams. To be absolutely honest, you know mm. both of them have some flaws and have struggled at times defensively. But they can be very high-powered offense, and I think that that makes them really tough to to keep up with. You know, if we get like a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl, oh. like the, take the over. Just, I don't care what the over <laughs> right. is, just take it. Yeah, go ahead and grab it right now. Uh, Andrew Garter, Pro Football Weekly, uh, is our guest. Um, do you feel like, back to Philip Rivers for just a second, because I'm, I'm a hardcore Bronco fan. I'm rooting for Philip Rivers. I really am. Uh, I, I've loved watching him over the years. He's got such an unorthodox delivery. Uh, he's a tough SOB. He loves the trash talking out there. He seems to have fun what he's doing. My question is, Andrew, does he need this? For if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, what does that do for his chances as far as Hall of Fame after he hangs it up? Does he need this? 
I, I kind of feel like he does. I don't feel he should. Okay, like personally, if I had a vote and I don't, uh, I you know, if to me, he's a guy who has put up numbers and has played really well, and I think there's a strong argument for Hall of Fame. But I think nationally, you're probably going to have a harder time making that argument without a Super Bowl, especially when you look at his classmates, Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you my argument, and, and I'm in New Jersey, so I get into this argument a lot. Is if you're going to argue for Eli Manning in this in the in the Hall of Fame, then you should really be arguing for Philip Rivers. I mean, the numbers are not that different, and I think that Rivers is actually a more consistent regular with quarterback. You. You know, the big difference is the two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eli Manning around here can eat out on that for the rest of eternity. Sure. Uh, you know, Giants fans will, you know, roll that way forever. And you know, Jets fans will sit next to him jealous. But I, I think Philip Rivers should be in the consideration for a Hall of Fame. I think making, making a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, I think that makes the argument a lot easier for his defenders. Night game Saturday, we get to see two of the best running backs in the league, Zeke Elliott against Todd Gurley, though they don't match up against each other. Who has the better game? Dallas, feel like maybe better defensively, but you got Aaron Donald on the other side. Who has a better game out of those two running backs? That's funny. Like uh, the, the Rams have struggled a little bit defensively mm-hmm. the latter half of this year, uh, even against the run. Um, it, it's a big game. You know, They've had time to prepare. They've had time off. So I do kind of think they'll be really laser-focused on the defensive line for the Rams. But, I mean, if the Cowboys learned nothing this season and last game, they learned the fact that you're going to give Zeke the ball early and often. And and I feel like for the Cowboys to be in this game, they really have to secure the ground game and get it going. And I I feel like that offensive line has been playing better. Zeke is playing at a high level right now. And Dak is doing just enough to kind of throw the – off or sorry, the defense off so that they can't just stack the box. I think we're going to see a little bit more from Zeke. And also, you know, you look at the Rams, Gurley gets a lot of carries and he gets a lot of action, but they like to do a lot of different things. They don't, I think, depend on Gurley the same way that the Cowboys depend on Zeke. So uh, I think uh, Elliot, regardless of the outcome of the game, is probably going to have the better numbers at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Gurley banged up. I mean, I know he was full participation. Last uh, injury report I saw was on Wednesday, but he's missed a couple of games. Didn't make uh, people that had him in fantasy football real pleased that he didn't play uh, in week 16 and 17, but there's a bigger uh, fish to fry than somebody's fantasy team, let's be honest. Uh, but where I'm going with Gurley is is how close to 100% do you think that he is? How big of a concern is Tard Gurley's health? I, I'm I'm pretty concerned. Like Not like he may not play concerned or like his legs about to collapse concerned, but I, I think he's way below 100% right now. Uh, and I think they've tried to manage him as best he could, they could towards the end of the season. And I think having some time off has helped a little bit. But I think you're probably looking at the guy who's like 70, 75%. Now, Todd Gurley at 75% is still better than, you know, 75% of the running backs out there, maybe more. So, you know, he's still going to be a very potent weapon, but that is another factor and whether, you know, he's going to have a better day than Elliott. Elliott's just much healthier right now. And I think the Rams will probably, you know, that's going to play into how they run their offense as well to try and, you know, keep Gurley from taking too many big hits and wearing down and, and possibly having something go wrong and for him to not be able to finish the game. 
All right, Andrew, tell us a little bit. I, I know you've done plenty of work in the past uh, on the Packers. Tell us about Matt LaFleur, eh? certainly a surprising choice to many to take over there. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Matt LaFleur. Like, he's not, you know, I, I don't feel like most of the coaching hires that have happened have really been, you know, exciting. Like, it, it, And I feel like every year we're underwhelmed a little bit by the coaching hires. But I do feel like this year, like they're they're you know, other than Bruce Arians because I really like Bruce Arians and I think he has a great hat. Yes, you know, yeah. there's there's not a lot of excitement, and Lafleur is is a perfect example of that. I mean, he's a guy who has had a little success, but you look at what he did in Tennessee last year; it wasn't incredibly inspiring. Um, and you know, you could put some of that on Mariota, maybe, but like I, I, I can only assume that what happened is that he and Rodgers really got along. Because certainly mm-hmm. one of the reasons that, you know, the whole marriage fell apart in Green Bay with McCarthy was because he and Rodgers started butting heads. And, you know, understandable. You were the same guy for years and years. We've talked about this with Brady and Belichick. When is this going to happen with them? They seem to find a way to work it out. Um, but Rodgers and McCarthy couldn't. So I think that Lafleur, more than anything else, was able to speak uh, Rodgers' language. And I think he... I think he's going to try and do a couple of things a little bit differently and really challenge Rodgers. So, you know, I don't feel like we have much track record, you know, and there's not, you know, not a lot of history to look at to know what he's capable of. Uh, I think he's an interesting hire, but, you know, it was one of those things where even the people I know who cover the Packers and the people I know who are hardcore Packer fans were kind of like, uh, okay. And, and I feel like that's sort of the reaction to the floor. Like, he has upside, but we have no idea how deep the floor No doubt. Uh, Andrew, my last thing for you. Uh, here's a what if. So what if the Philadelphia Eagles upset the New Orleans Saints and they're back in an NFC championship game, one game away from going back to a Super Bowl, that they won with their backup quarterback, Nick Foles, and they'll play this weekend with their backup quarterback, Nick Foles, as they have uh, for the last month or so. Every single time he takes the podium after a game, he says the same thing, that he's just appreciative that he gets to put on this uniform one more time. And I believe he means it. I'm not being critical of, of his statement. He truly loves being an Eagle. Yet everybody, it seemingly is a foregone conclusion that once they get knocked out his Eagles career has come to an end why is that aside from money yeah aside from money I I think you know Wentz is still on his rookie contract I think people felt like this season it wasn't the same but last season before the Super Bowl you know Wentz had an MVP like season and that's the upside people see with him and you know we've seen it before teams are successful for a while in part because they have that rookie contract and can spend money elsewhere um, I think you also look at Nick Foles' history as a backup and in general, and until he got to Philadelphia, it wasn't really inspiring. It wasn't, you know, he didn't really do much. Like when, when everybody, when he went to Nick Foles last year, you know, Doug Peterson, suddenly everybody was like, oh, this dude's going to be out of a job. But he was able to find a way to get Foles to perform in the playoffs. It seems like he's doing that again. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Foles' career is going to be over, you know, for, for the Eagles. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know how serious they are about keeping him around. I mean, the money is certainly a thing, but they've now seen two years in a row how important having a quarterback they can trust backing up their main quarterback is. And let's take it a step further. Of course, you heard all the people talking about, well, if they happen to win a Super Bowl with Foles again, do you move Carson Wentz? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't, but I, I think that that Eagles 
front office loves Nick Foles as much as he loves them. And, and I wouldn't be too quick to assume that he's going to be gone if they exit the playoffs. It could depend on how he plays, and it could depend on other things they need to do to shore up this team. But I'm not totally sold that Foles is done being an eagle win or lose this weekend. Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you coming on. No problem, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, enjoy the games. Andrew Gardner, ProFootballWeekly.com. From that to Nick Athen, uh, ChiefsBlitz.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. <laughs> Nick Trenton, Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, Trenton, Ken. How are you? Well, we saw on your Twitter feed earlier in the week that you think that the Chiefs are going to prevail. I'm with you. I know there's a lot of Colts love out there, but I think the Chiefs are going yep. to find a way. But let me start with the Colts, and, and that, in particular the offensive line, who seems to be opening holes for Marlon Mack, who's uh, um, you know putting up some, good, some nice numbers sure. on the ground, and Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. This offensive line may be the best offensive line that the Chiefs are going to see so far this year. Yeah, I think there's no question it's the best offensive line. I mean, the run-blocking scheme is kind of the way the Chiefs' offensive line used to be when they had uh, you know those five horsemen in the Trent Green era. And, uh, you know, they run really they, – they run their scheme very well. Uh, they protect their quarterback very well. Of course, it helps when you have a quarterback that on average gets the ball out in about two seconds um, to his intended target. But, you know, Max had a terrific run here. Um, now for the Chiefs, you know, they're probably going to have to switch to more 4-3 defense than a 3-4, kind of plug some of those gaps. But, you know, that offensive line, the way they're going to play, uh, is going to determine who, you know, who wins and loses. Because again, you know, they played a lot of games in warm weather. They played a lot of games in the dome. It's a whole lot different when you got freezing rain and 30 degree temperatures and you don't have the footing, you know, on a fake surface. Uh, for those uh, running backs and those blocks to kind of hold their footing. So um, I don't anticipate they're going to have the same success they had um, against uh, against the Texans. I think the surface is going to matter. Um, but, you know, that offensive line, that, 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 that's where you're going to win or lose this football game if you're the Colts. With that, Nick, uh, weather, what, what kind of things are you hearing in that one and – could it play a factor, as you talked about here, with the run game? Is it something that is a concern at all to you? You know, it's not a concern if you're, you know, to me, if you're a Chiefs fan, because, you know, they, they've played in elements. They've played a lot of their games outdoors. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, Andy likes to practice them out in cold weather. You know, he doesn't keep them inside. You know, I think the Colts are practicing inside. I mean, you can't duplicate, you know, 30-degree temperatures. I think the snow will stop, will stop about game time. Um, they're expecting, what, three to five inches now. What we're hearing, freezing rain's already started in Kansas City. So it's going to be miserable. I'm more concerned with the fans getting there safe. Um, but, you know, again, you're asking the, the elements the Chiefs to practice in it, the Colts haven't. Um, it makes a difference. I mean, listen, if you ever tried to grip a football in cold weather, um, even if you're just tossing it in your backyard with your kid, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you got, you know, 320-pound linemen and 265-pound linebackers coming after you. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's going to be a problem. The team that handles the weather best, you know, is definitely going to have an advantage. And I certainly give that uh, to Kansas City. Hmm. Uh, what uh, kind of percentage is Sammy Watkins? Is he 90%? I know he's practicing again. They yeah. need him, in my opinion. I mean, uh, they've got the Hill, clearly, and yep. Kelsey. They're both all pros. Uh, but, but what about uh, Sammy Watkins? How close to being uh, Sammy Watkins will he be? I think he'll play. I don't think he's going to be 100%. I don't think he'll ever be 100% until the offseason where they can maybe go in there and clean that foot up a little bit. Uh, but he, to me, he's, he's the missing link. 
if if Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and even Kelvin Benjamin, I think they're going to line him up as a second tight end this week. Um, you can touch four people, and you got Ted Williams as a running back. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't care if you're even the Chicago Bears. You're not going to cut down five options, and the and the Colts don't have the defense to do it. They play a zone defense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes should pull it, uh, pick it apart. But, you know, Watkins to me is the key. They have not played as well. And a lot of people are upset about they gave him too much money and he's injury prone. I don't really care what he's done up to this point. I know when he's on the field, they're a much better offense. Um, Mahomes throws more touchdowns. He throws for more yards. He's got that option because he's a wide receiver who acts like a running back when he gets the ball. If he's 50%, and even if he's a decoy for a lot of plays, the, the, the team is better off. But to me, he is the one person that brings an extra element to this offense that I think is going to make the Chiefs unstoppable in the postseason. Strong safety, Eric Berry. Uh, he has also been limited this week, maybe more yeah. limited than Sammy Watkins. He's been is limited it, all season. Yeah, he really yeah. has. Didn't even yeah. come back till after week 13. Is, is it just anything, if you could get anything out of him, it's a bonus? Is that how you look at it? I mean, they're 0-2 with him on the field. So mm. as far as I'm concerned, mm. um, I, I think it's a, you know it's been a nice career in Kansas City for Eric Berry. Uh, Chiefs are going to save some money if they cut him after June one, uh, take a little mini cap hit. But honestly, I, I think they've done everything they can do. The issue is he's going to need surgery again to repair that uh, to repair that ankle and that Achilles because the bone spur is in mm. the Achilles, and the only way to get to it is I, I'm assuming you know I'm not a medical doctor, but you're going to have to cut that Achilles. Um, and take that bone spur out. And that's just something that's going to set him back even further. He's made a lot of money. He's made over, put over $100 million in his pocket being a chief. He's missed, you know, three, four seasons in his career. Um, you know, I, I think it's time to say adieu to Barry. If he plays, great. You know, it's going to help. Maybe he gets ready if they make it to Atlanta and he can play in the Super Bowl and go, you know, maybe he retires after that. I don't know. But um, I think the Chiefs been more than patient. Um, they've had to make some changes the last three games in their defense. They've put some young guys in there and gotten rid of some of the old guys and put them on the bench, and their defense has played better. Um, so I think he just needs to be the coach on the on the sidelines right now and help the young guys. I think that's really the only contribution left for Eric Berry in Kansas City. We know because we've seen Adam Venateri in uh, subpar conditions make big <laughs> kicks. What about Butker? Yep. Is, is is he a guy? I mean, obviously he's had a, he's had a nice year. He's he's a really good player, a good kicker. Right. Uh, you can count on him. But what about uh, in bad weather, Nick? I, has he had a game? Uh, with the the conditions were not favorable to the kicking game. Venetary clearly has multiple in his career. Um, you know the, the Jacksonville game, he had some field goals, and and uh, you know, I mean, he's not as experienced. I mean, you're going against probably the best kicker to ever played the game. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Butker's not played sick well in the last three, four, five weeks. Um, he's missed some field goals. Um, he's missed some extra points. You know, he's going to have to really focus and channel and. And uh, he, he's going to have to be at his best because I, I don't think this week's going to come down to, to a field goal. Uh, but if they get to the championship game, I think it might, uh, depending on either way who they play. Um, but I think at this point, I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little concerned. If there's one area, um, <clears throat> despite the defensive struggles, you know, I think what kind of kicker is he going to be in the postseason with a game on the line or to tie a game or to put him ahead? You know, we kind of saw what he did with the Ravens. You know, he missed that one, and he slid the other one through. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a little concerned in that area until he shows me he can do it. 
Uh, but the weather conditions, you know, uh, it's not going to be ideal. I mean, it, it, luckily the field is heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily they have the drainage system, so it shouldn't be too bad. But that field's going to be covered pretty much up to game time, I would think. Uh, maybe maybe an hour and a half before before they pull that off, uh, so the players can get stretching. So you'll have plenty of time, hopefully, to to test the winds and and uh, and to get his footing. Who do you want to see in Arrowhead Stadium next week? Chargers or the Patriots? No question, it's the New England Patriots. I, my goal. Uh, my dream was the Colts and the Patriots uh, in the two games in Kansas City. That That's not going to change. Um, listen, I, I think the Patriots are going to beat the Chargers. I know the Chargers are the trendy pick, and I think maybe even, uh, you know, Chargers have the better quarterback right now. But until someone knocks off Tom Brady, and uh, I just don't see that happening at home. I wish you lost one playoff game at home, what, 11-1 and or 12-1. and I mean, it's just uh, he finds a way to win. Um, that home crowd is something special. Um, I want I want a Chief, uh, Chiefs Patriots uh, AFC Championship game. That's that's my dream. And no no doubt in your mind that the jitters, Miss Mahomes' first playoff game uh, of his career. Uh, no concern that he'll be affected by the stage, at least early uh, in the football game. You know, if he can overcome that, he'll then the Chiefs are going to easily win. If he has some jitters, it might be a struggle. But you know, if he looks at his experience, if he does nothing more this week than to look at. You know, the first uh, first quarter in New England, uh, the first quarter with the Rams, the first quarter with Seattle, you know, and just start settling down. Now, a lot of that has to do with Andy Reid about calling some simpler plays. Um, and also, you know, if Patrick Mahomes learns, take what the defense gives you. Now, this defense is going to give them the middle of the field. He's going to be able to get 5 to 10 to 12 yards every single time in the middle of the field because they just don't have people that can cover man-to-man and they use so much of their corners and safeties to blitz that there's going to be a lot of openings. So just take what the defense gives. Is there a concern? Yeah, there's a concern. But, you know, as Patrick Mahomes has said pretty much since day one, my job here is to win Super Bowl. And if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to win playoff games at home. And if they're going to build a, a dynasty like the Patriots at home in the postseason that starts this week, I don't really buy into the past. I don't really care about what's happened previous to, but – you know, it is all on Patrick Mahomes, fair or unfair, but that's the price, and he's put this on himself too. Um, and I, I just got to—I just have a feeling that the moment's not going to be too big for him. That everything he's done through the regular season, all the time Andy Reid spent with him, all the game film he's done, and learning from his mistakes. Because if we've learned one thing about Patrick Mahomes, if he makes a mistake, he generally doesn't repeat it. And really, if he can just control his emotions early on. Um, if that happens, uh, the Chiefs are going to win this game pretty big tomorrow. Thank you, Nick Athen. I hope we're talking to you next week and not recapping the season, but previewing an AFC championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. Thank you, Nick. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Nick Athen from ChiefSplits.com and ChiefsInsider.com is where you can follow him on Twitter. So, uh, are you ready, Trent Condon? Oh, I'm ready. We will take the first four callers right now. It's your opportunity to jump on in here and win some Claxons barbecue. We're going to give you the four divisional games with the point spread factoring in. Uh, the tiebreaker is the total, uh, the total number of points that the Hawkeyes and the clones will combine to score tomorrow. The winner. At 284-5966-284-KXNO. The winner will get a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up gets a $25 gift certificate. If you're getting a busy signal, 
Well, you're, you're going to have to come back next week. We've already, our phone lines are already lined up. We've got our four calls. If you're getting a busy signal, try again next week. We'll give away barbecue next as Miller and Condon continue on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hugs. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's help you pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Simply text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200-200 right now. Message and data rate supply. Claxon's Barbecue makes it possible at this time every Friday for Trent and I to get our listeners involved and pick against the point spread. Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Claxon's Smokehouse and Grill. Uh, outstanding barbecue. I've eaten there for years. Just a stone's throw from the south entrance of Prairie Meadows, Claxton Smokehouse and Grill. We're going to give Shane, Steve, David, and Randy, in that order, an opportunity to pick against the spread in the four divisional games. Tiebreaker, fellas, is total points by the Hawks and the Cyclones. Not their opponents, just Cyclone and Hawkeye points uh, tomorrow as uh, the Cyclones host K-State and the Hawks, the Buckeyes. Shane joins us first. Shane, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you? Hello, Shane. Hello, yeah. I'm doing great. Good to talk to you. All right, you know how this works? You ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. Kansas City's a five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Colts. I'll take the Colts. Rams, seven-and-a-half over Dallas. Uh, Cowboys. New England, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chargers. Uh, give me the pass. And New Orleans, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'll take the Eagles. Tiebreaker, closest without going over. Hawkeyes and Cyclones will combine to score how many points tomorrow? Uh, 148. 148. Thank you, Shane. You have a good weekend. Steve is next. Steve, how are you? Fantastic. Yourself? Doing well. Kansas City, a five-and-a-half point favorite over the Colts. Uh, Kansas City. Rams, seven-and-a-half point favorite over the Cowboys. Uh, Dallas. New England, four and a half over the Chargers. Patriots. And New Orleans is an eight and a half point favorite over Philly. New Orleans. Cyclones, Hawkeyes, total points closest without going over is the tiebreaker. 155. 155. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you chiming in. David and then Randy. David is first. David, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you? Good, how are you guys? Doing great. Kansas City, five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Colts. Kansas City. Rams, seven-and-a-half over the Cowboys. Rams. Patriots give four-and-a-half to the L.A. Chargers. Chargers. New Orleans, eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the Eagles. NOLA. NOLA. And total points, Hawkeyes, Cyclones, closest without going over. Yeah, I'm going high. I'm going to say 177. 177, a bunch of points. Thank you, David. You enjoy your weekend. You too. Thank you. Randy uh, finishes things up for another week on the Claxons giveaway. Hey, Randy. How you doing? Good. Chiefs, five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Colts. Give me the horseshoes. Give you the horseshoes. The Rams, seven-and-a-half uh, over the star on the helmets. Cheap, cheap. <laughs> New, New England is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chargers. Give me the lightning bolt. All right. And New Orleans, eight and a half over the Eagles. 
I'll take those Saints. Taking the Saints. Total points. Hawkeyes, Cyclones combined. Closest without going over. 115. 115. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. Appreciate all of you uh, chiming in on the Claxons Barbecue giveaway and all of those of you that tried that didn't get through. We will do this each and every Friday at this time. So he said sheep, sheep for the Rams? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'll Okay, just, I want to double check. No, it's probably a good thing that you did. And You uh, are the official scorekeeper. I, I am. This notebook, this holds a lot you don't throughout lose that. the years. Oh, it does? You know what? There's some things in the notebook that are better left unsaid, <laughs> such true. as my Super Bowl prediction. Oh, the I thank, have it here. I know you do. The thank God uh, we were up the dial at the time and didn't quite have the audience we do now. You don't want me to p- tell people what you picked before the season? No, I'll do. I can, you know, I go ahead. I mean, I'm going to gloat when I get one right, which doesn't happen a lot. I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a miss. Yeah. And the Atlanta Falcons. I didn't even get a playoff team. I had the Packers. Miss. Miss. Against New England. Yeah. Didn't go out on a limb. No, I know. Um, I like to take... Well, then, you know what? The char- the uh, the Jags were somewhat of a favorite this year. Yeah. They really were. Um, so I was kind of chalky uh, early in the year too. What did I what did I, I had the Cyclones going 9 and 3? Uh, regular season? That's on a different page. Is it? Yes. I think I did and I know I had the Hawks 7 and 5. Because I was the only media member in the state of Iowa that didn't have 8 plus wins for Iowa. And it you know it came right down to that Nebraska game whether I was going to be right or not. I was glad to be wrong. It was a, hell of a football game. That was that was an entertaining game. Future's going to be more entertaining that game. We've seen what, some blowouts. We have. What what I um, realized this year, Trent, is the force rivalry that the game was to begin with. You know, I like the fact they put the heart, the Heroes Trophy, uh, up on it. Um, uh, their, their minds in the right, their hearts in the right place for that one. But the, the the rivalry portion of it wasn't there. I'm starting to feel a little bit of hate. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's coming. It's seeping through. Yeah, absolutely is. Didn't feel that in basketball last week. No, but because it's basketball. Right. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State until this year really didn't feel like that that kind of hatred. And then Pemsel and Jacobson and McCaffrey kind of changed that a little bit, right? And to the betterment of the game. And those guys will be in it again yes. next year. I mean, I, I honestly, the game, the in-state basketball game kind of needed that yeah. influx of nasty, injection of nasty. What was the biggest in-state basketball game throughout your years of doing this? Between those two? Was it the Should, uh, honestly Pfizer on the stand, on the uh, scores table? Mm, that was pretty big. Niang at Carver? Yeah. Uh, Aaron the White. The gaff at Hilton. Yeah, with Aaron White. What, how many points did he score in the first half? Remember not too many years ago? No, that was Utah. Was it you? Yes, it was Utah. Yes. 29 yeah. in the first half. Yes, Jared Utah. Absolutely. Uh, there's been some good ones, but yeah. I mean, I remember most of the football games since I've been on the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you you probably have to remind me a little bit now. Oh yeah, I remember this part of it. But the basketball games, but I won't remember. I won't forget. Rather, the 2018 rendition of it. That was a good. And one. the reason why is because Pemsel, you know, coming to his teammates' aid, McCaffrey kind of threw the first. You know, if it was hockey, chopped at the back of Jacobson's <laughs> legs a little bit, and Jacobson turned around, and here comes Pemsel into the fray, and. I thought that was really good. The picture that stuck with me is one cyclone surrounded by five Hawkeyes. I yes. mean, come on, boys. Right. My first uh, memory, real memory, LaFester Rhodes game. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. you were here, mm-hmm. it was also my first gambling moment. How old were you? <laughs> I would have been seven. 
It's your first gambling moment at seven. The one Cyclone fan of my life, one of my dad's buddies, mm-hmm. explained it to me. And I said, well, of course, there's no way I was going to lose to Iowa State. They don't lose. Iowa State. Tell, tell me, what, what did you what did you wager on the game? Five dollars. Five dollars. That's good for a seven year old. Had to go to the old man and ask for five dollars <laughs> afterwards. And Lefester Rhodes, he got me as he got many Hawkeyes. Yeah, back indeed. I uh, heard uh, many a tale about that game. Well, fun week. We appreciate you being here with us. You've got high school basketball tonight. You're at Valley. I am. Yes. On KXNO.com. Right. It'll be XNO.com. You can find the streaming. I'll be at the Valley uh, Southeast Polk matchup. Also over there, Ankeny, Ankeny Centennial tonight. Both games available, kxno.com. Good stuff. All right, we'll be back on Monday. Murph and Andy are next. Fanatics, finish your weekend of local sports talk here on Des Moines Sports Station. You have a good weekend, folks. 1460 KXNO. at me all you want. This is The Herd. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With Colin Cowherd. I'm setting the tone. Best show on radio. This is The Herd. Broadcasting live from Los Angeles. The Herd with Colin Cowherd starts now. Ah, here we go. Hour two on a Friday. This is The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, we are live in Los Angeles iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and FS1. Joy Taylor is joining me for hour two. We have a packed hour. Albert Breer, coaching updates, coaching moves, inside NFL stuff. Eric Dickerson, Greg Jennings, and Jason McIntyre last hour. Joy, how are you? I I am just stewing because I have a great story for you in Herdline News. The bottom of the hour. You do? I do. I'm not going to give you any hints. It's just all about you, and you're going to love it. Oh my god! I'm so excited. <laughs> you, you should be so. You can't do I, I am so excited. It's called a tease. You do it all the time, so I'm taking advantage of this moment. I have. I, it is must watch. I'm not going to go on. <laughs> I'll give you a hit. <laughs> no, a, no, you no, want a hit? No, no. You want no, one small no, no, hit? No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Let's just that make that's fun. It's really good. Okay. All right. You listen. I do the Blazing Five all year, and I stop it at the end of uh, the regular season. Because, you know, I get to pick five games out of like 15 or 16. When you only have three or four games, I wouldn't generally bet all these games. But there is a game I love this weekend, and I'll let you figure it out by the keywords I often use when I pick these games. But I, I thought we'd do it. Let's go blazing five with four games. Here we go. That's a hot one. Let's blaze it up. Fire it up. It's Collins blazing five. Colts at Chiefs. Chiefs minus five and a half off a buy at home with Andy Reid. I'm going to take Kansas City to win the game. Listen to the first team to average 35 points per game for a season since Denver did it with Peyton Manning. Now the Colts are hotter, but Kansas City's offense is first in virtually everything. And the Colts defense, although it's a great story, has not faced a top 10 scoring offense since week five when the Patriots lit them up. I think a lot of this Colts defensive story has been situational. They haven't faced great offenses. Darius Leonard's outstanding, but they still have lots of needs on the defensive side. Um, I think luck may outplay Holmes. It is cold. It is snowy. I do not like dome teams on the road in cold, snowy games. I'm going to take Kansas City here, 31-24, to to win and cover the spread. 
Cowboys and Rams. Uh, Cowboys plus seven and a half. They got the better defense. They're playing with house money. They've got the better momentum. They've won eight of nine. Let's not lie here. Since Amari Cooper showed up, it's a pretty darn good offense. And their defense, and again, they faced real offenses this year. Their defense has been up to the task. Cowboys defense hasn't allowed 25 points to any of the top five offenses they've faced this year. So when they face the Drew Breeses, they have delivered. By the way, the Rams defense, when has it been good? And I don't think Todd Gurley's healthy. We're still talking about Todd. I don't think he's healthy. And I still think they miss Cooper Cup. I think Sean McVay, off a bye, has some explosive, dynamic play calls to catch the Cowboys a little off guard and take a lead. And in the NFL playoffs, you get a lead, you win like 75% of the time. But there's no way I'm not taking seven and a half points with the Cowboys. I think the Rams take a lead in this game and hold on for dear life. But I'm going to take the Rams to win 30-26, but absolutely Cowboys to cover. Chargers at Patriots. Like New England at minus four? I love New England at minus four. Okay, first of all, Phillip Rivers, last three games, gotten beat up a little. I think he looks a little fatigued. I think their running backs are a little beat up. In the last three games for the Chargers, Phillip Rivers' passer rating's 55. They're averaging 